You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming up on today's episode, the big rig is in the house. Jim Toth stops by to talk Neil Pionk and Andrew Cobb's new deals with the Winnipeg Jets. But first, a word from our friends over at DraftKings, and that's because college football season is right around the corner, and to celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving you the chance to get into the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly, If you bet a dollar or more on any college football game, that's right, just one dollar can win you up to $200 in free bets instantly. Maybe you like Alabama to go undefeated. Maybe you think John Harbaugh is actually going to be worth the money that Michigan's paying him. Not likely. Whatever the bet may be, it's that simple, that easy. So make sure to head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts that they're offering. And as always, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Super, super easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hello, everybody. Hi. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. And then there were none after a surprisingly busy news week for early August, at least here in Winnipeg. The Jets look like they've got all their business wrapped up now after re-signing Neil Pionk and Andrew Kopp. We'll get to our interview with Jim Toth in just a sec where we'll dive into the Neil Pionk deal and what that means for the Jets' blue line moving forward. But first, we're going to touch on Andrew Kopp's one-year contract because the conversation with Big Rig actually happened just before the Kopp deal became official. So my initial thoughts on the one-year Andrew Kopp contract, 
The Jets are going all in for this season. And it probably means Andrew Kopp is wearing a different jersey next season. I mean, once we saw what the cap situation was following the Neil Pionk deal, you know, it was evident that there just wasn't enough room to sign Andrew Kopp to a long-term deal. And at that point, all sides pointed to a one-year extension. And you know what? The cap hit is actually a tad lower than I thought it might be. So, you know, it's not a huge amount of money that the Jets are saving, but even a couple hundred thousand here and there adds up over the course of a season, and that will give the Jets a little bit more wiggle room at the upcoming trade deadline. But really, all along to me, there were only two realistic options when it came to Cobb. And those were to either trade him now during the offseason, or to sign him to a one-year deal knowing that it's not ideal, but you get him for one more playoff run, and then he's likely going to get a decent-sized contract in free agency. To me, if you were going to go down route one, which was to trade Andrew Cobb, the time to do that, if you ever were going to, was before the expansion draft, so the Jets could have protected Mason Appleton. But once he was plucked, I think the Jets realized that, you know what? We're not going to properly be able to fill the holes of two top nine forwards departing ahead of this upcoming season. I mean, there's still a question mark as to who takes over Appleton's role this upcoming year. Imagine if the Winnipeg Jets find themselves in an even bigger one with Andrew Cobb potentially being moved on, even if the Jets were able to get a good haul for him and, you know, recoup some of the draft picks that they moved out this summer. So my thoughts on this really, really shifted as the offseason went along and the trades for Dylan and Schmidt happened. I mean, it was just pretty evident the direction of the club was going to be all in this upcoming season. We're pushing everything to the middle. And the one-year deal for Cop at that point makes all the sense in the world if that's the way the Winnipeg Jets are going. And it's, I think, pretty clear to everyone now that that's going to be the case. It's very similar to, to me, the way the Zach Hyman situation in Toronto played out this past 12 months. Would the Leafs have loved to have gotten something back for him and, and moved him before he went to free agency? Yeah, absolutely. But he was a really important piece for that team. And I don't think they regret the move. And I feel like Jets fans would agree that, you know what? If you can't find a replacement for Andrew Kopp this year, then the one-year contract is the best bet for now. And you know what? Let's go chase some hardware. And that's a problem for future Chevy. That's a problem for future us. We're going for some hardware right now. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you what, you know, with the cop signing, with the Pionk and, and everything that's happened so far during the summer of Chevy, it's pretty damn exciting heading into the season because the Jets have clearly pushed pretty much all their chips to the middle of the table here. A lot of pressure to perform now, no doubt about it. But I, I just, I love when pro teams pick a direction. In this case, let's take a run at it and go all in here. And they go full steam ahead with it. I, I love that. And, and I think that Chevy and company have looked at the contracts on this team, realized they're in the middle of Connor Hellebuck's prime, and said, we can't waste another year. It's go time. So very, very exciting times are on the horizon. I mean, I can't wait for the season to get started. Damn it. I, I love the summer. I love the cabin and all that. But game one can come soon enough. And while it may come at the expense of Andrew Kopp leaving town after this upcoming season, 
there's just a lot to be jacked up and, and excited for in what is shaping up to be one of the most fun regular seasons. We'll see if the playoffs match that, but one of the more fun regular seasons in Winnipeg in quite some time. The other big news of the week was Neil Pionk's contract extension, and Neil Pionk is going to be in Winnipeg for at least, I don't want to say the long haul, but he's going to be here for four more years, we know that. And so to get into that and talk a little more Jets as well, their season outlook, all that, I thought I'd bring an old friend onto the pod. All right, well, we had to clear out some space in the Skates and Plates parking lot. Why, you ask? Because a big rig is rolling in. We had Westy join us last week, and now super happy, super jacked to have back on the podcast, the one and only former co-host of The Big Show on 1290, sports reporter Jim Toth. JT, what's going on, man? Hey man, how are you? I'm I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for that lovely introduction. I thought it was more about the waistline than it was the big rig, but no, uh, clear the parking space. I've, I've rolled in and I'm glad that the big rig is still hanging on. It's one of the few nicknames I've gotten over the years that I actually don't mind. So yeah, everything's good. I'm, I was got, good to hear Westy last week and good to be on with you again. You know, we'll we'll get into the Jets in, in just a sec here, but I, I got to ask, how many how many big rigs do you get a week? Is that still pretty common? <laughs> yeah, it is actually. And and not only just like in person at the grocery store or whatever, like I, I, I actually, the funniest side when we were still at the station is I was coming down an aisle and, you know, we single file with the pandemic and everything. And somebody turned around to grab something. And they, they said, oh, make room for the big rig. And I was like, is that a fat joke? Or, oh, I, yeah, I remember that. But yeah, it's hung on. Like I, I told that story when we were on the air. I went to that Queen musical. And there's guys there giving me the big rig, which is weird to be at a musical and hearing big rig. But I got that. And then, like, even on social media, like, a lot of the times it's like, hey, big rig, what are you doing now? Or you tweet about all this Jets news that's been going on. And people are like, I agree or I disagree, big rig. So I do still get it. So Westy's uh, Westy's handle stuck. That's well, good to hear. And it's funny, too, because I still, whenever I hear someone talk about Patrick Maroon, I'm like, that's copyright <laughs> infringement right there. You're, you're not you're not you're not the official big rig. You just you're just renting that nickname out. Although, you know, with the, the cup running that he's on right now, maybe maybe you have to battle him for the big rig nickname. Yeah, I, I used to I used to argue over that. But I'm like after three cups in a row. And actually, that's the other time I heard it is when he was. When Tampa Bay won and they were putting out that he won three in a row, everybody's like, well, I thought you were the big rig. And I just don't respond because I don't want to upset Mr. Maroon in case he wants a piece of me. Yeah, that's a, He's Mr. Maroon. You're Mr. <laughs> big rig. We got okay. it settled out. Good to go. I'll take uh, it. You know, I was wondering what we were going to talk about when uh, you were gracious enough to join me. And it turns out we got some actual news. The big news yeah. of the week. Maybe in the NHL, actually. Neil Pionk avoids arbitration. Signs a four-year deal with the Jets, just under $6 million per season. I guess let's just start off with your initial thoughts on the deal. Well, I think it's a great deal for both sides. And, and you know, you you hate to sort of just ride the fence like that. But, um, you know, Neil Pionk, people remember, does he deserve this money? For sure. But he was only making three, so he's almost doubled his salary, which he's earned. And then I think of the Jets, and I think that to keep that under six and, and to still not pay him as much, I, I thought he would ask for more C money and maybe a little bit more and maybe earn a little bit more, has earned that. But with the flat cap and the pandemic, I think that's why it's just under what, what a Josh Morrissey would make. So I, I think it's a great deal. And I think the four years is good as well. Like um, it just every contract ties in and around, whether it's the trades that were made or, the, or these ones that are being signed around that next three years that, that you still have the Shifley's the wheelers 
um, the Hellebuck's under contract with. I know you got your Kyle Connors and your Ehlers for a year or two longer than that, but it's really about this core. It's really about this window. And then you have Neil Pionk for another year after that. Um, and you know what I, I like about that? You know, after you hear the initial news, Brandon is just looking at it and going, well, Brendan Dillon is up in three years. And you'll know more of where you're at and, and how much you can pay him that if he develops into a, even more than he has and into an $8 million guy, you have that year to play with if, if, if Brendan Dillon's gone and somebody else is too to sort of figure out how much you were willing to give him. So I think it's a great deal. I think it's a great deal for both. I think a guy of Neil Pionk's ilk has really earned it. And I thought he'd come in around six. And then I think that for the next four years, it's more than fair for him. And I think the Jets got a really good deal on that too, because when you look at some of what the other defensemen are signing for, and I know he's not a $9 million guy, I'm not saying that, but if Josh Morrissey's 6.25 and this isn't, you know, a frozen cap in a pandemic, I, I think he could probably get six and a half, seven. So um, I think it's a really good deal for both sides. Yeah, that was the, I, I guess, the prevailing wisdom for me. And I was surprised, you know, we know how unreasonable Twitter can be, but I thought everyone was just in agreement that, you know what, it's not a it's not a steal for the Jets and it's not a overpay on Pion's side. It's like, you know what, that's probably what he's worth. And I think everybody could just feel happy going into the season that that's a fair number for both sides. What's crazy to me, though, and you kind of touched on it there, is that imagine two years ago, when the Jacob Truba Neil Pionk trade happened, saying that's a six million dollar defenseman coming up soon, yeah. nobody in their right minds would have guessed that that would be the upcoming payday for him. But it really has been some kind of transformation and you know transcendent rise for Neil Pionk, going from third pair healthy scratch with the Rangers as a young defenseman, but now to a no doubt about it second pair guy and maybe even more now. Yeah, I mean, when Twitter agrees, there's either something really right or something really wrong <laughs> yeah. about it. Um, and I think this time it, it's really right. But you're right. Like, And I went through this when they protected Logan Stanley over Dylan DeMello on social media and just with a lot of friends that we were talking about. Um, and I said, you know, Neil Pionk had 64 more games played in the National Hockey League than Logan Stanley has. And what were people saying when that trade was made and his analytics and underlying numbers and everything else and over usage and, and number one pairing in New York and what he's developed into. And I, I think, I don't know, I, I didn't, you know, spend a lot of time on Twitter today with the deal, Good. but I don't, <laughs> exactly. When I'm on vacay, I'm on vacay, but I don't know like if people think back to that protecting Logan Stanley and, and wondering that, that, Again, it's not a slight on Dylan DeMello whatsoever, and the Jets desperately need him. But to just give up on what Logan Stanley could be based on 34 games, when, like I said, if, if you believe in the Jets scouts and you look at Neil Pionk having 64 more games than Logan Stanley's played when that trade was made and what he's developed into in the past two years, that's why you protected Logan – or they protected Logan Stanley, I believe – is because it's that potential of what he could be. And he could not be as good as Dylan DeMello, but they've seen enough to not risk it. And so I know we're talking Neil Pionk, but I, look, they saw something in Neil Pionk in New York that year. And and I, Paul Maurice spoke about it, but it was more to me of what Chevy saw in the scouts, that when he was out there and facing Mark Shifley, that game that Maurice talks about, he did a really good job. And he literally said, I thought Shifley, who's this Pionk kid, looked at his numbers, is going to have a night. And it was Pionk who had a night against Shifley. And then the scouting went from there. Look, Neil Pionk deserves everything he's earned. And, and I think that he's come in and gotten more opportunity. And I think it speaks well for Winnipeg that can't get free agents, 
But, you know, you consider a trade here or like Nate Schmidt waving, there's opportunity here. And I, I think as good as Nate Schmidt will be with the Jets, he's another guy that I think I had a conversation with Stasny or whoever, and they said there's a lot of opportunity here. Like if you want to be on a winning team and get some playing time, and that's what Neil Pionk done. He's the prototypical made the best of the opportunity he was given. And he wasn't given what he got in New York when he first came here, but he earned even more than that. So good for him. Yeah, and it might equate to more ice time in what's now a crowded Jets blue lines going into the season, which, again, who would have thought that just a little while ago? Do you have a sense of what the pairings might look like? I think the only thing that's maybe written in pen at this point is that Stanley DeMello is your third pairing. But do you like? is there maybe an ideal top four mixture that you think would be the best way to go to start at least? Well, I, I don't, but I will say this. I think it's going to be – I think they have it on the board right now, and I think they're going to look at it. But I also think they're in training camp going to look at a couple of things. But they have a thing in mind, I think, right now. Now, whether they stick to that depends on Josh Morrissey. I, I really think that the pairings will play out to what will benefit him the most to getting back to what he is capable of doing. Um, so I think they have something in paper, and I know that – we watching and, and some fans even have a shorter lifetime, but if they see eight games of it and don't like it, they're probably like, we're going to look at this for 12, 14 games because it's always longer than what we think and then go from there. But I, you know, I think it would be, you know, Nate Schmidt and Josh Morrissey. And I, I think it would be Brendan Dillon and Neil Pionk. And then I, I think it would be Stanley DeMello, but I'm not so sold on that, that, uh, you know, Dylan DeMello isn't going to be moved up. And I wonder if if they don't, depending on how it goes, put them back with Morrissey. Um, but, I mean, Dylan DeMello isn't going to give you much offense. I think that Brendan Dillon's offensive game has come around once the trade was done. I've looked at him and how, how it's it's come. Nate Schmidt can provide offense. Neil Pionk can. And Josh Morrissey can. So I think that you're right. It'll be Stanley DeMello with that shutdown pair, penalty killing. And then I think the combinations will mix and match. But I, I do think it'll probably be, you know, and I think that's probably why Nate Schmidt gave a wave of the, the no trade. He talked to Stasi and all that. He didn't mention talking to anybody else. But it doesn't take somebody, you know, long to look at these pairings and go, you know, there's a good opportunity beside a really good defenseman, Josh Morrissey. And if you two click, there's a number one pairing on a playoff team right now. Well, how can you say no to that trade? So that's where I have it in mind. Um, I think Nathan Beaulieu is on his way out the door for probably a sixth or seventh round pick to clear space. Um, I think Sammy, a lot of people are saying deal Niku, but he's on the roster on a one-way deal um, as is Beaulieu. And if you move that at 750, you're still going to have to have a guy on there for at least 750. So I think there's some more moves to be made, but um, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and go, this is what I would do right now because I'd like to see some pairings and some game action myself and I'm sure the coaching staff would and then go from there but if you're asking me how I would start it it would be Morrissey Schmidt it would be Dylan and uh Pionk and then it would be um Stanley and Mel but they might go DeMello and, and um Dylan again but that's what I would do I've said it a couple of times now I'm wasting time here but I, I would go that you know Schmidt Morrissey Dylan Pionk and then Stanley and and uh DeMello it's spoken like a true parent there. You're just you're killing time that you can spend by yourself, right? I get it. We're we're doing we're doing more audio in a pandemic, so I'll just fill here. <laughs> All right. Well, I had 54 more questions for you here. No, I, that's kind of how I see it too. Like I think that's how it's going to start out. Personally, I would kind of like to see Morrissey Pionk get a, a bit of a run as as maybe yeah. your top pairing. But the nice thing is, you know, 
with the top four right now, I think you can mix and match. And I think no matter which way you go about it, I think the pairings, you know, might work out and might mesh well together. One last one to get you out of here, Big Rig. And it's a bit of a loaded one here, so so bear with me. But <laughs> in our last episode, we did power rankings. And, you know, trying to figure out where the Jets sit across the NHL. There's still moves to be made and everything like that. But I think we've got a general idea of what teams are going to look like for this upcoming season. Maybe I was a bit optimistic. I don't know. Some people said I was. But I right now have the Winnipeg Jets at 10th in the NHL. Okay. Agree, disagree, somewhere in that range. How do you see that playing out with where the Winnipeg Jets stack up? Well, I would agree because I've just been saying top 10. I say in the moves they made and the signing of Stasny and now Pionk, this was prior to Pionk, I had, they're a top 10 team in the NHL. And I think that's the debate, where in the top 10. So if you have them 10th, I'll say agree. I, I think they're a top 10 team. They might be up as close as eighth. I look at this roster and um, like if you let's compare it to the number one team. To me, it's still Tampa. I know a lot of people are going Colorado and, and this and that. To me, you're the champ back to back. Uh, I think that's the best team in the National Hockey League. Goaltending, can they compete? Yes. Who's better, Vasilevsky, Hellebuck? We'll see. Well, that's the interesting question. Connor Hellebuck has carried this team for two or three years. Can he be even better with this defense in front of him compared to what it was? That's the storyline I'm looking towards. I know there's a ton of them, but so there's a soft. You look at the defense for Tampa Bay. You look at the defense for Winnipeg right now. It's going to take Winnipeg 20, 25 games to gel with these guys and find their homes, but – I would put this defense up. Now, the difference is they don't have a headman, um, and that's clear and far. But I would say some of the depth guys aren't as good as what the Jets are going to roll out. Like so, um, And then you look at the forward lines and the scoring and the holes that are there without Tyler Johnson and Coleman and all those guys. So that's the number one team. I think you know Colorado's better than the Jets, depending on goaltending. But So you can mix and match, so I'll say I agree. I, I think they're a top-10 team. I wouldn't put them top-5. But I would have them like six to ten, and I'll debate with people whether it's eighth or whether it's seventh or whether it's tenth. But I think this these moves, the resigning of Stasny and now keeping Pionk, which I always thought they would do, I think they're a top ten team in the National Hockey League and for the next two to three years. Yeah, well, I you know it's funny looking at the the teams around the league. To me, there's a big block from like seventh to seventeenth where there's not that much separation. Like you can kind of. You could yeah. envision scenarios where each of those teams switch spots in alternate universes. My favorite, I guess, team-by-team team battle, and, and you maybe kind of broke me down over the years and sold me on them, but I think Jets versus Stars for second spot in the Central is going to be a really, really wicked race to watch this upcoming yeah. season. Dallas is going to be healthier. But you know, just looking at those two teams in the Central, I think they're ahead of you know maybe St. Louis and, and some of the others. But Winnipeg, Dallas, that's that's going to be a tight one. I know it's your podcast and it's great, but let me ask you, do you think the Jets are better than Vegas now? No, no, not yet. No, I I, I had Vegas as my either, I think my third ranked team in the NHL. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, losing Flurry for nothing obviously hurts, but Robin Leonard almost won the Vesna a couple of years ago. So I don't think they're going to be too, too stuck there. They've just, I don't know, it's been what, three, four years now where yeah. they've basically been one of the top three teams in the NHL. So I, I just don't really see why that would change. I didn't love their offseason, but I just – Vegas is a weird team where you look at their roster and you're like, meh, but then they get out there and they're they're blowing apart the opposition. Yeah. Well, I'm back to the Central. Like, it was usually a debate, um, and you're right, nobody 
um, probably but me had Dallas up there, but I just like the way they built that and built it from the blue line, their goaltending. And then um, they need more depth uh, up front, I think Dallas does. But when you look at the Central, I think they're better than St. Louis now. And St. Louis won the Cup two years ago so or three years ago. Um, I think Colorado's probably better than them. And I think then it's Dallas or Winnipeg. And I'm, I'll even give uh, Winnipeg the nod on Dallas just because I think they have more depth. Now, there's some question marks here. Like no Perot, no Appleton potentially no cop, whatever that return would be for you. But like somebody, as you mentioned, the Harkins, the, um, uh, the Veselinans, um, some Gustafson, I think is going to be on the team for sure this year. So somebody has got to step up and take that Appleton spot. And somebody has got to help out with if Andrew cop lose, depending on who they come back. But I, I think they're top 10 and in the central, I agree. I think they're top, they're definitely top three and they could easily finish top two. Yeah, it's it's nice to have question marks in your bottom six and your backup goalie as opposed <laughs> to can we find six competent NHLers on the blue line for the next game? Yeah. That that's the I think that's the side of you know things are looking up here in Winnipeg that yeah. it's more about the depth uh, issues than it is about some of the guys higher up in the lineup. And they were so fortunate health wise this year. Like I think that you know you look at the blue line this year and the one last year. And the blue line was what it was last year, and everybody's pretty aware of what it was. But, I mean, they were relatively healthy back there. Like, if they would have had two or three long-term injuries there, I, I don't know what happens. But now, like, that can happen. So, uh, I think they're top ten, and I think they're top three for sure, probably top two in the division. Well, I think you're a top ten guest all time on the podcast. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that. That'll debate you with on down to top 30, maybe. But No, no, no. We, we've only had 10 guests, so you, you cracked Oh, the there you go. Time. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, how many guests has you yeah. had? Have you had? It might be 31, but no. Yeah. I, by the way, you're doing great work, pal. It's always great seeing you. And like I said, hearing uh, or listening to you and hearing Westy on last time and, and everything Huss is doing, too. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. People still talk about um, you know the shows, and especially when there's deals like this and stuff, to have something on in the morning. So uh, you guys know I miss you, but I also miss doing it with you guys. So it's good to hear your podcast every week and keep up the great work. No, well, I appreciate the kind words, man. That's awesome. Um, but before I let you go, is there anything you want to plug? Anything you got upcoming here? Uh, no, I'm just uh, I well, I'm filling in at CJOB over the summer. I know people have been asking about that, so I got a few more shifts there, just helping out with holidays. So that's good. Um, I'm like you, I'm a brand new father, so. You never want to be out of work, but if there was a great time to be, it was is to have a lot more time um, with the little one. So that's been awesome. I enjoyed the summer, and I'm I'm excited for whatever the fall brings and doing some side projects. So uh, it's been interesting, but it, it's also hasn't been as as boring or as slow as I I thought being out of work would be. So it's great. It's uh it's a good opportunity, and I'm I'm sure everybody will listen to CGOB over the summer and see me struggling to shake off some rust, and then we'll see what the fall brings uh, for whatever. Well, you know, speaking of the fall, we might have to have a little reunion show in yes. a month or so because I just realized the six-pack should be right around the corner normally, <laughs> and there's no way we could have week one of the NFL season without another six-pack, so I'll just throw that out there. You uh, you ask about the big rig, and I'll say, as much as I still hear that, I hear about the six-pack more, and I've actually forgotten about it, eh? Because, like, you think of the station and the show before anything else, and people like will roll their eyes and go, your six pack picks, buddy. Awful. Or the vice versa. Like, I didn't care how bad your picks were. It was hilarious. And you guys had so much fun. So I think the six pack is just talked about to me anyways, as much as the big rig is. Oh, there, <laughs> there really is nothing like it. And my biggest regret in all this isn't losing my job. It's that 
we won't get another chance to try to go six for six <laughs> one more time. That's that's the only thing I really care about. Well, maybe there's something we can work out where we just each send in two picks, and because eventually it will hit. Like I like I joke with many people, the key to gambling is keeping at it. Eventually, it will pay off. Which is don't pay attention to that advice whatsoever. But I think it could be true for the six pack. Let's do it. All right. Well, hey, I know you're on vacay, so I appreciate you taking the time to join me, and we'll definitely talk soon. All right. All the best, man. Keep up the great work. Big thanks to the big rig, Jim Toth, for joining the pod. A hell of a way to cap off the week and capping off today's episode as well. That's it. Enjoy your weekend, everyone, and we'll be back on Tuesday. Again, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. Peace.